You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's episode. Super stoked to have you here. It's going to be a good time. Talking with Mark was a true blast. And, you know, we'll not waste too much time. We'll get right into it. But before we do that, I just want to remind you about the Facebook group. So, actually, Mark joined the Facebook group while we were recording the podcast. So, that was kind of a fun thing. So, if you are not part of it, check out The Tone Mob on Facebook. I know we're all kind of shut in and looking for something to do. That is a good way to, you know, pass the time. We're nerding out in there. We're talking about pizza. I'm about to share my wife's uh, pizza sauce recipe, which is super good. Lynn makes an amazing pizza sauce. It's so delicious. And, uh, yeah. Who knows what else can pop up in there? We talk about anything that comes up on the show. So it could be all kinds of weirdness. So check out The Tone Mob on Facebook. Okay, without further ado, let's get right into this episode with Mark Letary. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of The Tone Mob Podcast. I'm your host, Blake Wyland, and today I'm here with Mark Letiri. Did I say that hey, right? Usually I did. ask first. Oh, yes, good. No, right. Nailed it. Nice work. <laughs> awesome. Usually I ask that beforehand, but I've been getting in a bad habit of not when I'm not sure. So, all right. Yeah, all good. Oh, well. So um, uh, we're just podcasting in uh, quarantine land, and... Uh, <laughs> I don't know. For me, uh, this isn't all that different than from, my, from my normal day to day, other than the, <laughs> you know, the general uh, kind of doom and gloom of, uh, that everyone's experiencing. But as far as how I operate, it's basically the same. So well, there you go. Well, then you're used to it. Yeah, you, you're. It's good. Yeah. yeah. How about you? You're not used to it, though. Uh, well, I mean, <laughs> yes and no. I think what I think what's odd about this particular season is that usually in the springtime myself and the musicians that I, that I kind of roll with, we're usually on tour. <laughs> right. Exactly. Uh, spring. Yeah. Spring is just kind of the season when the industry is alive and there's lots of shows and events and things like that. And so I was supposed to be on a three week tour with snarky puppy, uh, that actually was going to start yesterday. Um, but was obviously postponed. Uh, and then I actually, everything on my calendar from, uh, mid, well, really the beginning of March to the about mid May is, is gone. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I can imagine. uh, Yeah. So it's, it's an odd, it's an odd thing to experience because when you're used to, you know, having a lot, having things on your calendar that you kind of put, it puts you, puts you in kind of a mental space that you, you are, you're, uh, how should I say you're just ready for it to happen. You know, it's, 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 you're comfortable with what's going on. You've planned out. You're like, you know, I'm I know I'm going to be in this place at this time and that place at that time. And you can kind of build everything else around that. But with this whole completely open canvas of a calendar, you find yourself sitting and going, you know, well, there's all these things I should be doing and could be doing and want to be doing. And I just have no idea which one to do. So you just are like paralyzed (laughs) and don't do anything. Uh, and I think that's kind of what I've been talking to a lot of my friends and we're all sort of experiencing the same thing. So it's kind of like, well, maybe we just shouldn't do anything for a minute, maybe because we're doing so much all the time that like, you know, maybe, a little bit of kind of reflection is maybe good, I guess, in a sense. Um, but you know, I'm starting to kind of figure it out and kind of get it, get things back together and prioritize what needs to be done. And, you know, of course I'm spending a lot more time obviously with my family cause I'm physically here, you know, home right. to do it. So, which has been really fun. We, my daughter and I did science today and then we did music. So we're kind of doing little, <laughs> little school projects and things like that, which has been pretty cool. Um, that's cool. But, yeah, I'm like slowly kind of building a schedule. Um, I have a lot of creative things that I need to would like to get done that I'm going to work on, you know, as far as writing songs and things like that. So, yeah, you know, it's we're, we're all just kind of kind of figuring it out, slowing it down and taking it really. I'm really taking it one day at a time because 
I can't really plan too much because I, I don't know what's going to happen, you know? Right. Um, right. Which is weird. That's an odd feeling. It is weird. It's weird because like I'm a, I'm a bit of a planner. I try to, I try to think I know what I'm going to do in the next month or two. And obviously with sure. scheduling the podcast, I kind of have to, but right. it's, um, it's, it is nice to kind of just like, well, we're just going to worry about today. Cause honestly, I'm, you know, I, I've been stressing out about it uh, just mm-hmm. like everyone has because, you know, mm-hmm. there's there's things like, you know, my clients are all, you know, pedal builders and things. And if they're not allowed right. to w- work, then why are they yeah. paying me? <laughs> you know, so <laughs> sure. sure, it's kind of like stressful in that sense. But it's um, it's also just like, you know, I kind of try to tell myself, just don't worry about it. Like. Mm-hmm. There's literally nothing you can do about it. So if something happens, react, but try not to overreact, I guess. Sure. It's a strange yeah. time for everybody. Yeah. I, I mean, I, there hasn't been anything like this in in my lifetime, you know, certainly not anything that was old enough to remember, but I can't imagine that there was anything like this. I mean, we've had, I guess there was what SARS and some of the H1N1 and which were all pretty scary but it didn't seem like it affected the immediate united states potentially as much as what's going on right now so it's history man you know <laughs> yeah yeah the only We're things we can really look at are you know like uh, 1918 and some of that stuff but it's like you're right sure. yeah sars and and yeah h1n1 it was like i mean i as far as how much it affected me it affected me precisely zero um Nobody I knew yeah, got sick. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. Um, Me too. Sure. I I know I know I knew of people, um, who, mm-hmm. but like I I didn't know anyone, and it didn't affect my job. It didn't affect anything. So this is this is quite unprecedented, right. I think. But I'm pretty mm-hmm. confident in mm-hmm. humanity uh, and our ability to survive. <laughs> well, that's that makes that makes one of us. <laughs> no, well, we just kidding. We've survived this I long. Think, I think we'll be all right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. We will adapt and overcome. That's right. So, well, so for my audience who may not be familiar with you, let's dive into the meat and potatoes of the podcast, which is not coronavirus related. Uh, it, okay. it is <laughs> supposedly guitar related, but, um, you know, I'd okay. like to know your story. I really, I know about you as a player. I know, I've watched you play several times at NAM and NAM related events. Um, and, mm-hmm. uh, and I've watched your, your band play on the YouTubes and all that stuff. But some of our listeners, well, you know, we're a lot of punk rockers over here. So we, they may not be oh, familiar really? with you. Yeah, that's kind of my okay. my background. Um, right on. So let's uh, let's dive into your whole backstory. When you started, when did you start playing and how did you get to where you're at today? Sure, man. Well, um, I guess there was maybe a little bit of punk rock in my up- upbringing, kind of maybe filtered through grunge music i think maybe a little bit more immediate than actual punk but uh yeah i started playing when i was 11 12 years old yeah i was this was in the 90s when that was that kind of music was really popular you know nirvana and soundgarden and smashing pumpkins and sublime and all you know all these 90s bands those were kind of the bands that my friends and i would listen to and you know we'd cover our, their tunes in our our garages, you know, and play, play at backyard parties and school dances and things like that, you know. Um, but I got really passionate about the instrument very quickly. I mean, it was never, it was never really just a hobby. It was, it was pretty much something that was, was all consuming of, of a lot of my free time, at least, you know, for me, it was music and sports and school was like, you know, part of it, <laughs> but it was just kind of the thing that I knew I had to like get through and do well at so I could get it out of the way, you know? Yeah. I know exactly what you um, mean. Yeah. As, as most, most of us are, you know? Uh, but anyway, so I, I got really serious about the instrument and that kind of led me to, you know, studying all the guitar greats, you know, the, you know, Jimi Hendrix and Eddie Van Halen and, uh, some of the kind of eighties guys like, well, Eddie was an eighties guy kind of, but you know, Steve Vai and Joe Satriani and Eric Johnson and, uh, you know, th- those types of instrumentalists. And, um, 
I got into to jazz a little bit and R and B and funk and soul and gospel music as I as I got a little older and somewhere around the end of college, uh, just decided that I was going to make a go at this and uh, make it a job. You know, I had started kind of studying players who were session musicians, guys that were just playing on records, you know. And so that became a kind of a big focus of, of how I thought I could make a living doing this. So it, it was never about just being in a band that, you know, maybe was going to be successful because I, you know, I wanted to keep, keep the finances coming in. And yeah, <laughs> so yeah. I figured, well, if I can play as many kinds of music with as many types of artists as possible, like I'll always find a way to stay working, you know? Uh, so that be kind of come became a bit of a focus, just, just trying to get some versatility under my belt and, and it, and it paid off. I think it, you know, I found myself doing a lot of different kinds of work. And then I think all that studying of different styles sort of informed my own sound, which is what I do when I make my own records and produce my own records and tour under my own name. I, I write instrumental guitar based music, uh, that, um, you know, it involves uh, f quite a lot of different influences, but I try to do it in a way that, you know, the focus is more or less singular in that it still kind of sounds like hopefully me, right? <laughs> you know, rather than like putting out a, a record where it's like, and here's the country song and here's the funky song and here's the rock song. And here's, you know, I, I try to make it all feel like one kind of sound or vibe, you know? Uh, but yeah, so I, my, you know, my career now kind of consists of, of, of focusing on my solo music. And then I still play with this band Snarky Puppy that maybe you've heard of. Uh, sometimes it's like a jazz fusion. It's a big band. There's a lot of us. Yeah, I was, but we I was trying to explain it to somebody. And, I was hoping you yeah. could <laughs> explain what it I. Okay. It's a very good band, but well, like the style, I'm not. So <laughs> I'm like, uh, yeah, I mean, it's like you could you could commercially call it jazz, but it's really only jazz in the sense that maybe there's obviously a large instrumental component to it. And the rhythms and the harmony are not stuff you would necessarily hear on pop radio. Right. OK. <laughs> but other than that, there's a large influence of of, of all kinds of styles and music you know there's there's funk in it there's r&b there's well, a lot of world music influences um trying to think of like how to describe it to maybe well i guess that's probably how i would describe it all right <laughs> <laughs> um yeah you know um i guess for those of you that are like snarky puppy what the hell is that just just google it you know you could go watch it on youtube we have a lot of content on youtube of of live studio recordings and shows and all these all this different kinds of stuff um, there is a, there is a industrial metal band from Canada called skinny puppy that, uh, maybe you've heard I have of, heard I of them know. before and I got okay, confused yeah. the well, first time. Apparently they, uh, I know. And <laughs> there's a really funny tweet, I guess, from the guy in that band who was like, what is this snarky puppy? You guys couldn't have found a better name. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, ah, why? Well, you know, I didn't come up with the name, but anyway, there's plenty of room for different kinds of puppy music. That's right. On the, on the planet. We got all kinds of different, yeah. I'd rather have a snarky puppy than a skinny puppy. No one wants a skinny puppy. Well, who knows? You know? Yeah. Right. Or, a, or an obese puppy. I have no idea, <laughs> you know, whatever. An obese puppy. That's my next band is obese puppy. Well, perfect. I think you should yeah. do it. I mean, why as well? There's plenty of room for, you know, whatever. I don't know. That right. is funny. Yeah. But how did that band start? Were you part of that or how, how did that come to be? Uh, well, I joined, well, the band's been around technically since 2005 and four rather 2004. And I joined kind of in around 2008, 2009. Uh, they were like a college band that a, a bunch of the guys went to a university together and uh, the bass player started the group as sort of like a, just a fun project. And then, you know, it kind of became this thing. And um, here in Dallas, Fort Worth area where I live, it has a, a, a pretty vibrant uh, R and B and soul and gospel scene here. And uh, a lot of the musicians who, you know, were in the early incarnation of snarky puppy, were kind of getting into that, 
that scene here. And, and so was I just from a different part of town. Um, and so that's kind of how we met. And, and that's essentially how I just joined the band. I mean, it's like, kind of, I think what happened was there was a series of gigs where the band leader couldn't find a guitar player. And so he called me to do it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's how it happened. You know, that's how you get in the band. Um, wasn't really like an audition or anything. He just sent me the CDs and I'd learned the music and showed up and hopefully didn't suck too bad. Uh, so that was that, you know, and, um, we've been going on now since, yeah, since 2004. So 16 years. Wow. Um, yeah. And you know, the, and it's kind of the same way as how I got into the fold is how a lot of the players got into the fold. They, we just had more gigs than we had people to do them. And so, (laughs) so the band just sort of grew and Michael, the bass player who started the band, you know, if, if he called someone to sub and that, and he liked their playing and they, they fit well with the band then they kind of became part of the band. So that's, that's why we have so many people on each instrument. Actually, if you, if you go on our Wikipedia page, it's like a roster, almost like a baseball team or something, you know, <laughs> how many members are so, in the, but band? we don't perform with, uh, there's about 17 of us. So it's like a lot, a lot, but we don't perform with 17 people on stage. We perform with like nine, only eight or only nine, nine. Uh, which, well, I mean, if you think about it for any band that has percussion and a horn section, you're going to end up with close to that number. Anyway. This is true. Um, so it, it seems bigger than, than maybe it actually, I mean, if you know, a lot of these hell, Steely Dan has nine people on stage, mm-hmm. you know, um, a lot of those big touring pop acts will have that many people on stage. Heck they'll have more cause they have dancers. This is true. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, but if we were showing up with 17 people and trying to cram all that on stage, that'd be pretty interesting. Uh, but we do record with with that many amount of people, which is, which is pretty fun and challenging, but cool. That's gotta be logistically kind of interesting. You gotta have just the right studio to fit everybody in there. Yeah. It's generally a big room. Yeah. The last two records we did at this place in El Paso, Texas called Sonic Ranch. I've heard of it. Yeah. Uh, which is a re- yeah, really beautiful recording. It's kind of like a recording complex. Like they have a couple studios there and you can, you can live there. Uh, they have little rooms, little kind of haciendas, little Spanish style houses that you can live in. And then, uh, this big, big live room with a, a Neve console that you can fit uh, several people in there. So we all just cram in there and get it That's done. That's so cool. That's awesome. Yeah. So I popped a, and I didn't do it. Uh, I didn't do this. I, I always ask her, excuse me, I'm stumbling all over myself right now. I always forget to ask members of my Facebook group for questions in enough time to actually get a bunch of questions. So I dropped it right on them <laughs> okay. uh, right before we started recording. So, um, but right. I do have a couple good ones that have came in since then. So All right. Uh, Bring it on. So I'm not sure what he's talking about here. I imagine I imagine there's a story here. Uh, but do you know Scott oh. Gaylor? Uh, he says, ask him about King's X and the time he used my Waza rig. So I'm not sure what he's referring to, but he told me to ask you about um, that. Um, I do know Scott and I do love King's X. I'm trying to think it may have been at the Nam show. He he left a Scott, smiley or a laughing face. So to... I'm assuming he he remembers something. <laughs> okay. Um Yeah, I think it was at the I think it was at the Nam sh- wait a minute. It was like an yeah, it was like a an the Waz is an amp, right? Right. <laughs> I don't know what he's boss talking about. Boss makes a lot of yeah, things. That's a lot of different okay. boss things. So I, I this, this, is a, this is a terrible answer. Um, I feel like I put you on the he, spot. Uh, Last time somebody asked a, a what I assume to be an inside joke, it went exactly like this. So don't feel too bad. <laughs> okay. No, no, no. I'm trying. I'm going to make this so it's not silly. Uh, I think it was at a Nam show a few years back where I was playing with Tomo Fujita. Uh, this really great funk blues player at, at the boss booth, just sort of as like a random sit in. I think Tomo texted me and was like, Hey, if you're not doing anything in 15 minutes, like come up to the boss booth thing. And so I came up there and plugged into, I guess it was Scott's amp. Uh, and we played Tomo and I just kind of jammed together for a minute. So I hope that's the right <laughs> answer. <laughs> Scott, if, you, if you're listening and you're like, Nope, well then I'm sorry, but I, I must've <laughs> forgotten oh. that one, but <laughs> Well, let's see. Yeah. What else do we got in here? Uh, well, this isn't a question, but it's a, oh boy. Sorry, buddy. I'm going to butcher your last name when when I say this. <laughs> Manuel Shalmastig? Sorry, buddy. I, I don't know. Uh, 
he just says, tell him I like his style very much. Sorry, that's not a question. Um, but there you go. Oh, well, hey, I'll take it. That's very kind. Mm-hmm. Thank you, bud. <laughs> um, this is actually a good question. Uh, okay. Probably more applicable and for everybody. Uh, again, I don't know how to pronounce your name, last name either, Todd, but Todd Mahinick. Uh, how would he suggest a player train their right hand for funk rhythms? Okay, that's a great yeah. That's that's a great question actually. For me, um, it's all about listening first. I would if you, if if funk is like not a language that you speak, I would listen to that music. Just don't even pick up a guitar. Just listen to it for a while. It could be it could be James Brown or Stevie Wonder or Herbie Hancock or Prince or whoever. Sly Stone. There's so many great funk artists out there. George Clinton. Uh, and then once you've got that feel and that vibe and that spirit, for lack of a better word, uh, in your ear, you could pick up the guitar. And then I would go find some James Brown records, find the easiest chord progression that you I mean, a lot of his stuff is just one chord for, for an extended amount of time and so and single out learning those guitar parts. Um, and you'll kind of start to know, like first it'll probably sound kind of sloppy and weird, but you just keep at it like you would do. I mean, funk rhythm is is so much based on feel and being relaxed. It It's not like, you know, like when you're doing alternate picking or, or metal picking or something like there's very specific thing. You pulled the pick slanting and all this, you know. With funk, it's just a feel. It's just a vibe, you know? And I think the more you kind of dig into actually just learning those parts, your right hand will start to kind of teach itself. Like, I never sat down and was like, I'm just going to focus on the right hand. I just pounded and pounded away at at learning parts until it just came together. Okay. Um, you know, I mean, you can practice to a metronome. That's really good. But but I think what I'm saying was like, listen, you know, listening to this stuff first, because you you'll start to understand where the nuances are, where the feel is, where the ghost notes are. Uh, and then that way you can kind of focus on that coordination between right and left hand to get that that pocket those you know like i i keep god i wish we had guitars because this is (laughs) way easier for me to just play for you than describe but you know a ghost note is like a note that's there but you don't really hear it you more feel it and a lot of that is a combination between you know the right hand attack and then the left hand muting chords or muting the parts where like you play a chord and then you lift your finger your left hand fingers off the strings for just a, a 16th note or a, an eighth note or whatever it is while your right hand is also hitting just uh, scratching the strings. Right. And that, then you get this ghost note feel. Um, but yeah, listen to that stuff and then, and then just try and try and learn it, learn it by ear first. And then, you know, then maybe go on and find a video or something like that. But um, it's really, really important to have it in your ear before you even start. Right. right. So hopefully that makes it sense. It does make sense. And some of what you're describing. Okay, good. It, it's like, I was going to say funk always to me sounds like the, there's a lot of textural sounds that are coming from the interplay between the right and the left. I think it's easy for it to think, yeah, to be thought of as a right hand dominant genre i guess because of how it is but right it's it's really the interplay yeah it's actually it's that's why i say like i never really focused on my right hand i think most of it was focused on my left hand with these with these ghost notes like figuring out when to hold the chord when to hold the note and then when not mm-hmm. to you know because that that space that you get from the left hand muting is what gives a lot of that those funk parts their sauce yeah for lack of a better gotcha. word gotcha so Get my jam play course. <laughs> <laughs> there's, a, there's a plug. There you go. Because then you, then you can watch me do it and I break it down for you with a guitar. Yeah. Uh, Where can people find that? Just for kicks. Uh, jamplay.com, actually. Easy. Easy. Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's yep. see. Let's see if we get any more good ones coming in here. Uh, Where are you looking? I wonder if I can look at this stuff, Well, too. you can if you join the Tone Mob Facebook group. I'll add it. Add you to it. Okay. If you want to do that. Um, mob. Oh, here you are. Wait, there's a group and a page. The group. Which yeah. one do I join? Well, the group's the only one you can join. Oh, I joined yeah. the group. 
Okay, I'm joining the. Oh, I got to answer. You these don't questions. have to answer. I'll, I'll approve answer you. These. Just, just request. There you are. Okay, okay. I'm gonna just put smiley faces in. I just approve you. You're fine. Now, for everyone okay. listening, I'm not fast. just going to approve you. You do need to answer the question, so I know you're not a robot. Hey. But all right, okay, no more robots. We know how that movie exactly. ends. <laughs> yeah. Terminator will destroy all. Which of is funny because somebody so. in there, Eric Signor, you, which you'll be able to see this relatively shortly, uh, says, "Ask him if he's ah. part robot slash cyborg." <laughs> so. <laughs> Yes, I have a chip in the left hemisphere of my brain. I knew it. That syncs to a, it's like a Bluetooth MIDI controller. So I can sync the click into my brain. That makes and, you all know. the sense in the world. No, that's, well, that's very kind. Thank you. I, I'm constantly actually trying to play behind the beat, which is hard. I always have a tendency to play like either right on the clicker or a little bit ahead. Uh, I just get excited maybe, or maybe I just drink too much coffee before I <laughs> actually play. Um, I like the question where the guy was like, I don't know who that is. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. That's, a, that's Sean, what we need. That's All Sean right. Wright. He's, our, uh, he's one of our resident guys who will say things like that. I see the coffee cup. Okay, perfect. Thanks, yeah. Sean. Ho- hopefully this is, you're going to be like, I guess I want to listen to that guy's music now. <laughs> sounds like kind of a jerk, but I don't know. Anyway, anyway well, cool, we'll see man. if anything else pops up in there uh, a little bit later, but we can dig into some gear stuff. So... What's sure, your current Let's rig go. look like? Well, it's it kind of depends. I'm sure <laughs> it's, it's it's constantly in flux. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, I have two two pedal boards that I generally will bring out depending on the situation, um, and they have sort of similar stuff. One's a little bit bigger than the other, uh, but um, I guess without like telling you every single thing that's on these things uh i mean i, suppose I mean I could, this but, is the this um, is a podcast for gear nerds it is the tone okay yeah. this is gear nerds mm-hmm. all right okay well i will i'll so the board that's closest to me now is my pedal train pt2 which i will use most of the time if i'm local or if i'm on a tour where i am able to put my gear in a van or a trailer or something like that. Cause it's just a little bit bigger and it has a flight case and that kind of thing. So on it right now, uh, and this is the board I'll take to sessions too, as well. Cause it's got a lot of sounds on it. Um, there's a TC electronic sub and up octave, a Gaia tone wall rocker envelope filter, uh, a J rocket hooligan fuzz, a J rocket steampunk boost slash buffer, uh, a J rocket melody overdrive, which is my signature overdrive. I helped. Well, they did most of the designing. I just approved. I was like, well, can we make it do this? And they were like, yeah. Okay. Now I need it to sound like this. Okay. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm not like one of those guys that was in there soldering. I, I am, <laughs> I am the same way whenever I get to work on a project. <laughs> I just, I just know the sounds in my head and how to, how to hopefully explain them. And then I let the actual, you know, tech geniuses come up with the exactly. Itself. So anyway, uh, the Melody Signature Drive. The next one is a Dude Overdrive from J-Rocket. Uh, I have an MXR EVH Phase 90. I love Phaser. It's just great. Uh, a Dunlop Volume Pedal. Uh, Line 6 M5. The oh, old school the old, one. Oh, yeah. Um, I had it modded by this guy, Jack Vaughn, uh, who just kind of cleans up the circuit and, and makes the interface a little bit more user-friendly. Uh, but that thing sounds great, man. I use it all, for all kinds of stuff, you know. Um, there is a Walrus Monument Tremolo, uh, an MXR Carbon Copy Delay, a TC Electronic Nova Delay, and a TC Electronic Hall of Fame Reverb. And it is powered by a True Tone CS12. Uh, so that's board number one. And then board number two is kind of my fly date board uh it's smaller i can fit it in a little laptop briefcase and put it on the plane with me uh even actually it's pretty cool the 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 laptop case i carried and it can carry the pedal board a laptop and like a pair of pants (laughs) (laughs) so and shirt so i can actually like if i have a gig where i gotta fly in play the gig and fly home you know the next morning i can actually just pack everything in this one thing uh including you know i take my guitar on the plane too um, that board is a vegetable or meat cutting board. 
from Target. All right. Uh, I was really wondering where you, you know, were going plastic. with that. I was like, vegetable. Yeah, well, that's where, yeah, it's, man, dude, honestly, dude, that's like one of the best ways to build a pedal board because those cutting boards come in all different sizes and they're super lightweight and they don't, they don't actually like break right. really. Um, you got to try really hard to break one of those things in half. Um, so anyway, so I have this cutting board, uh, a friend of mine up at the guitar sanctuary, which is this really nice guitar shop in McKinney, Texas name. His name is Brian O'Million. He wired it up for me. So it looks all clean and professional. Uh, that has a Keeley Monterey multi effects mm-hmm. pedal on it, which is like, a. I don't know if you're familiar with those. Maybe, maybe you guys are, it's great. It does like chorus vibrato envelope filter fuzz. Um, there is a Pigtronics octave fuzz, which is a cool sound. Uh, a J Rocket melody and a J Rocket dude. Uh, those are kind of my go-to drives at the moment. Um, uh, MXR phase ninety-five. There's my phaser. Uh, a Dunlop volume pedal. So we're seeing a trend here, <laughs> right? A couple things. Uh, and then I put this thing on it called the TC Electronic Plethora. I'm not familiar with that. Which is this new. Yeah, it's this new multi-effects unit they put out that's based on their tone print series of pedals. Oh, oh, oh. And it's, it's got like... F- I know what you're talking about now. Yeah, it's that thing with the five slots and you can call up different uh, different p- p- pedals, basically, and then the different tone prints for those pedals. And it's... Um, I'm, I'm liking the idea of it. I, I don't know if I am totally sold on the practical applications of it gotcha. yet. <laughs> Um, it sounds really good. And, and the, uh, like I said, the, the concept is great. I just, it, the one thing that is kind of messing with me is the ability to change sounds on the fly, like in real mm-hmm. time. Cause it just sort of, I'm used to having knobs and just bending down and twisting a knob and getting on yeah. with it. Uh, the plethora, you have to like go into a menu and select a thing and do this. And it's by that time, the moment is sort of passed. Um, so I've used it in studio sessions, which is fine. Cause I can sit there and get a sound and roll tape, you know? Um, so I don't know. I'm, I'm just, uh, just sort of auditioning it, but you know, we're gear guys. We can be honest about stuff. I love TC's products. Um, I use them constantly. Uh, so this isn't to say that I don't like them. I just don't know if I'm totally sold on this particular thing at right. the moment. I feel that, but, uh, but we'll see, you know? Yeah, I really liked that the Nova delay was on there. I don't have one of those, but I I would like to Dude, get one. They're, they're great. Cool. They sound really good. Yeah. They sound really good. I love that there's the BPM monitor on there because it's great for studio mm-hmm. work. Um, and it you know it's it does a lot of things, but I don't get like super bananas with a delay necessarily. Right. Um, I have a couple pedals, delay pedals that will do that. Um. And sometimes I'll swap those kind of in and out just depending on what uh, what I really need to get done. But yeah, that Nova delay just seems to keep finding its way on the board. <laughs> That's so, cool. It's cool. Yeah, they did a nice job with that thing. Yeah. Let's talk about your overdrive a little um, bit. Like what uh, makes it special? Sure, What'd you man. Do? So what's unique about it uh, is that it instead of tone controls, it has a six band EQ oh, on it. Okay. Um, I don't, I, off the top of my head, I, I don't know the, uh, the resistor value of each one. I can actually get that for you, but, uh, it's essentially like lows, mids and highs. Um, and what we did, the kind of the reasoning behind that was that I was finding myself doing a lot of backline amp gigs where, you know, maybe the amp wasn't exactly what I was used to or, or what have you. Uh, and so I wanted to be able to really dial in the exact frequencies that I wanted to hear. Um, and so we start, they started with a pedal called the majestic overdrive, uh, and kind of tweaked it to bring in some of the characteristics of some of the other pedals of theirs that I was using a lot, like this one called the blue note. Uh, and there's a little bit of dude DNA in there too, I think. Um, but anyway, what they did is they just made something that's nice and big and open sounding, not a, not a whole lot of compression feel to it. Um, and it's about, a, it's, I say it's like a medium gain level pedal. Uh, 
But the big thing about it is that you can just kind of sculpt in whatever frequency you like or take out whatever frequency you don't want. Um, so it sounds great with all my guitars and all my amps. Uh, and then it combines well with other pedals. I really like to stack stack overdrives, you know? Mm-hmm. And so having that EQ on there can really help like for a solo boost or something or uh, really like changing the the, the tone of, of a pedal that comes after it or before it or whatever. Um, so it's a nice kind of like base level drive to start with. You could definitely like just leave it on all the time too if you're if you're one of those people. Um, so yeah, I'm really proud of it. Oh, here I found the um, the uh, graphic EQ levels. It's 100 hertz all the way to 3.2k. Okay. So 100, 200, 400, 800, 1.5k, and 3.2k. So there's a lot, and I think there's like 18 db of booster cut in each slider so you can really like do a lot it's super flexible you just answered my Um, next question before i got to it was boom that yeah so there you go (laughs) really cool yeah so you were talking about the amps might not be what you were looking for what are you looking for what kind of amps do you like and what do you play when you have the choice Sure. Uh, I, I've been using Supro stuff a little while. Um, they make a cool head and cabinet called the Statesman, which I use quite a bit and I record with as well. Um, I have a couple PRS amps that I like. Uh, the Sun Zara is like a, a cool combo amp that I take around town a lot. Um, I have a couple boutique things that just kind of stay here uh, that I use for sessions, which uh, one of them is called a Pure 64, which is like probably the coolest fender style clean tone uh i've ever heard it's like it's really nice yeah it's like a try he describes it as kind of like a deluxe but it's not i don't know it's not the high end is not brittle like a deluxe it's the high end is just like perfect um and it's a head in a cab so uh, the cabinet's got a lot of bottom end in it which i like in my tone and then uh, another boutique amp i have is a nailer dual 60 Mm mm-hmm which is kind of like a basement on steroids. Uh, it's like a very fat, thick um, tone. And, and the overdrive channel on that one's like really, really cool. Kind of like Marshall-esque in a sense, but it's like a 6L6 based amp. So I don't know how he's doing it, but it sounds great. Um, I've been using uh, this Princeton Reverb. It's a 66 that I've had for a little while that a, a good friend of mine gave to me. Um, that's a fun one. But, uh, man, you know, it's interesting. Like you asked the question about backline. I've played a lot of different stuff, you know, and, uh, sometimes I'll play the whole gig, you know, on a Fender twin or something like that. You know, those are fine. Um, I, I played, uh, some two rock stuff the other day, which was great. Uh, play some Mesa boogie stuff every now and then. That's, that's awesome. Um, I don't know. Sometimes I kind of enjoy the challenge of like, here's something I've never used. Let me see if I can get my sound out of it. Right. (laughs) (laughs) You know? So I think, and I think having that flexibility as a player is important. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't get nervous if like, well, all we have is this AC 15. I was like, well, shit, let's rock and roll. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know, turn it up. Let's go put it on a chair so I can hear myself or whatever. Have you ever, and then oh, I, excuse ahead. me, I just took a sip of coffee. Um, I was gonna say, I use a Kemper a lot too, uh, for recording stuff. You're anticipating all of my um, questions. Uh, I was going to say, have you dipped your toes in well, the modeling you know, world yet? So there you go. Yeah. I've been a Kemper guy for a while now. Um, kind of starting to get, get my sound out of it and kind of learning how you, you can tweak it. And, and I don't get like real deep into the whole, I, you know, some guys, they, they do all kinds of crazy stuff with it. I don't, pl- I don't really pr- profile amps either. I just use, you know, profiles that my friends give to me. <laughs> um, but I'm one of those guys that I'll, I find an amp sound and just throw my pedals in front of it and just go for it. You know, um, seems to work just fine. Yeah. I think, uh, so I think the, flexibility that we have between the multi-effects that are available, the crazy modeling amps, and all the really cool boutique tube stuff. Now it's just like, man, we we are so set up as guitar players. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a good time. To, it's a great time to be alive. Is that what they, is that what they mm-hmm. say? Um, yeah, there's a lot, you know, there's a lot a lot out there and, and it, it all kind of, it all has its place. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, 
if I'm, you know, for example, if I'm playing a live gig, I need a big, loud, clean tube amp that I'm going to throw my pedals in front of, and then that'll get the job done. You know, if I'm in a studio, depending on what we're doing, if it's, if it needs to be a real amp with some heat behind it, then great. Or if it's, you know, something where I can use a Kemper and I'm constantly having to switch tones, then great. Um, you know, I think that probably the, the best thing for a modern player, if possible, is just to get used to maybe using as many of these things as possible. Um, cause you never, you know, you never know where, right. what musical situation you might be in or what gear is available to you. So, so the more experience you could have, like I, for example, I have no, I don't even know how to turn on an Axe FX. Like I, <laughs> me either. Like, I the switches on the back, but maybe not. Uh, so in that respect, I should probably get used to that because I might end up in a situation where I'm, you know, getting called for a studio session at the last minute and I can only, I only have my guitar, you know? So if you can make yourself cool with learning new stuff, then the, you know the, the world is your oyster, so to speak. We didn't even get into the guitars yet. All the other stuff we did, we talked about, but we didn't talk about the guitars. Yeah, sure. What's your preferred go-to sure. if you? Let's just say I said I need you to come over right now, and we're gonna create a whole bunch of different tunes. Uh, what would you? What would you grab? Sure. You can bring one guitar. Okay, I would probably bring uh, my Don Grosh NOS retro uh, sort of, you could call it a super strat in a sense, but doesn't have a Floyd Rose or anything. But uh, it's a single coil, single coil humbucker guitar with uh, uh, electronics that enables me to select the neck and the humbucker. Oh, nice. Simultaneously to get like kind of a cool sort of faux Telecaster sound. Cool. Um, I can get a lot done with that guitar specifically but also just kind of that setup of electronics that pickup layout um and in truth you know uh, most of the recorded music that i do can be done with a strat not doesn't have to be done with a strat but you can do a lot with that guitar and i, I think having the humbucker in the bridge of a strat just makes the rock and roll stuff a little bit easier yeah <laughs> i've never been a big fan of the single coil bridge sound in a strat or at least not when i do it other people sound good i it, it sounds thin when i play it it's weird how um, that works so i like having that humbucker back there yeah well it's all in you know it's in your fingers man some people just can do it other people need a humbucker like me mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um you know i much prefer like a single coil telly bridge sound you know like that's a great sound and and i feel like i sound pretty good with that sound but with a strat i don't know there's just something missing maybe i should stop biting my fingernails or something i don't know i feel i feel the same uh, though but uh, so it's not just you yeah you know sure but the, that you know the the strat thing is kind of always been my my thing and i like having a tremolo bar that i can kind of wiggle around if need be and um yeah there's this kind of a do-it-all Sort of guitar, so I'd, yeah, I'd bring that one. Cool, perfect. Now on the opposite yeah. side, let's talk about the guitars that you have, though. <laughs> so okay. that, that would that <laughs> would be the uh, the jack of all trades. But like, is there one particular one that's pulling you in right now more than the others? Um, I mean, not necessarily. Uh, I mean, they're all, it's like having a favorite kid. <laughs> <laughs> I, get, I mean, well, but I only have one kid, so she's my favorite kid. But if I had two kids, I don't think I would have a favorite kid. Um, yeah, I mean, I have, I have this Grosh Strat. I have another Strat that, that Don Grosh put a Grosh neck on. That's really nice sound. Um, I have two of those Ibanez AZ guitars, uh, which are pretty cool. They have kind of a, a little, it's a little bit more focused of a sound as far as strats are concerned, kind of more modern focused sound, uh, which for some applications can be really nice. Um, I have a couple PRS guitars that I really dig. Um, in fact, well, you asked if I had one that was sort of calling to me. Well, uh, recently, uh, I got this PRS 594 single cut, Ooh. Uh, which is just insane. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's like, everything I like about a Les Paul and nothing I don't, you know, like uh, for, for, I like a little bit of spank in my sound. And so sometimes Les Pauls can be a little bit, a little dark, you know, a little thick, which for certain things is great. Like I have a Les Paul that I, I dig, but this PRS kind of does that, but then has just this 
top end thing that I really dig. And so I've been finding myself grabbing that one for, for sessions and for, for different, you know, different things that I'm doing for people. Uh, and I've got a couple of telecasters. I, I finally, I don't know why it, what, it took me so long to start playing this guitar again, but I have a Nash telecaster. That's just great. Oh yeah. Uh, it's just got a cool vibe. It's, it's a, it's got a humbucker in the neck, which is kind of unique, but, um, really nice. I like guitars that kind of breathe, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know if it's something about the wood or the finish or the, what, I don't know. You know, I don't make guitars, but you know, you, when you hear, when you hit a note, you want to hear all the note, you want to hear all the dynamics. You want it to be loud. When you dig in, you want it to be quiet when you don't dig in, you know, you just want it to really speak. And, uh, and that Nash guitar really kind of does that. I'm digging it. It's cool. I hopefully all my guitars, I try to get guitars that do that. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. So how do you describe it? It's like, it's like talking about wine. I know. It's like, well, this is a, a cherry flavor. It's like, well, it's made of grapes. How the hell does it taste like cherry? <laughs> it's like, um, <laughs> so, yeah, it's difficult. Descri- yeah. Guess, yeah that's how you did. Totally. Describing sound is, it, that's why we always sound so stupid when we're doing it. Cause it's just like, <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's like it's kind of woody exactly. it's kind of but it's, not there would or the one that the one that everyone loves to to crap on is when you describe an overdrive pedal as chewy have you ever heard it you know oh, yeah. everybody's like well what the hell is it, it was a granola like what <laughs> you know but we kind of know cereal, what it means like what do you mean sort of like yeah it's like yeah it's that compression that you feel with a great drive sound mm-hmm. you know i get it i know what they mean. yeah and, and yeah, and you know, I drank a, a Zinfandel the other day that had a bit of strawberry to it, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. So there you go. I get it. It's, yeah, it's, it's hard, but then it's, it's funny because like somebody else will play the same thing and they're like, you know, they won't have the same experience. And so then they'll try to counter it, you know, with the, like, it's not chewy, it's yeah. open. And it's, <laughs> you know, yeah. and it's like, oh man, like non-musicians and non-gearheads would just like, you guys are literally psychopaths. Like, it doesn't make any sense. But that's why, that's what makes us, that's what makes the whole thing great is because, you know, it's like a, it's like a, so, a social, a secret society or something, you know, <laughs> social club. Their own made up language. For tones. Yeah exactly yep good stuff good stuff yeah man. so we kind of talked about you know growing up some of the stuff you were listening to but like right now who are some players or or just bands that you're really digging right now sure well i'm fortunate in that i have a lot of friends that make really great music uh and so i'm always checking out what my pals are doing um a friend of mine, Becca Stevens, just put out a record today. That's really cool. Uh, she's an incredible singer songwriter, and and it's neat to see because she's got a couple of records out, and they're all like super different. This one definitely has like a pop funk kind of bend to it. Uh, I also got to play on it, which was pretty cool. Oh, nice! But uh, it's called Wonder Bloom, and it's really nice. Um, I was just looking through through my itunes he asked me what i was currently uh my my buddy justin stanton who's a keyboard player and snarky puppy put out a solo record not too long ago that's really cool um so i'm always trying to keep abreast of what my what my friends are doing um because it's inspiring and you know intimidating at the (laughs) the same time you know it's like oh crap i gotta dang he just did this i gotta do this you know uh so that's kind of fun but uh, the last two records i bought i bought zz top's first album and i bought which is called ZZ Top's first album, which I thought was awesome. <laughs> uh, and uh, I bought Pantera's Cowboys from Hell, which just kicks ass, you know. Of course. Um, yeah, there's yeah. So so I will I will definitely go back to the old stuff a lot, and because there's uh, you know I I don't know if there's I don't know if there's one artist where I own every single record. I came pretty close with a few, but. Uh, I don't know it's kind of yeah it's really funny it's like even with some artists like you, you might just have one record of theirs and it's so perfect that that's all you need you know oh, what i definitely. mean um yeah so uh but yeah that's what i've been kind of digging on digging on lately and i'm always this probably sounds a little bit self-centered but like i'm always trying to find stuff that i played on when it gets released just so i can just critique myself no i get it 
<laughs> be like, oh, dang, I should have. Oh, okay. Oh, that sounds great. Okay, good. I'm glad I made that <laughs> musical decision. You know, <laughs> you mix that kind of interesting. Oh, wow. Okay. So, um, thankfully, I the, the last thing I did that just got released was uh, um, my buddy Bob Reynolds put out a record, um, and I played on it, and was just which was pretty cool. Uh, so he, he's got a new project coming out. Bob Reynolds is the sax player from uh, Snarky Puppy. So like I said, yeah, I'm always listening to my friend's music, you know. Very cool. So this yeah. is kind of a sidebar since we're talking about buying records. Um, sure. But I just saw, I mean, this is going to segue into a different question as well. But I just saw <laughs> that Epitaph uh, Records is foregoing all like, all of their I, I don't know if it's just limited to Bandcamp. I, I think it is, but it might be mm-hmm. a little bit more than that. They're foregoing like all of their share for all of their artists uh, purchases through there. I literally just saw that before we started recording. So if there's an artist you yeah, like on Epitaph, so, it's, no, they're getting more money from uh, Epitaph's basically giving up their well, share. Bandcamp, yeah. So well, Bandcamp is giving up their share just for today, uh, though. So, I think. Yeah, it's actually. It's just for today. It's yeah. It's bigger than just the labels. It's it's because you know Bandcamp carries a revenue share as yeah. well, which you know obviously they should. They, they it's their service, <laughs> uh, but they're foregoing their revenue share. So if you've got favorite artists who yeah, if they could be on a label either way. The point is the artists are going to get a little bit more money today. Yeah, for their for their records, which of course is amazing. Unfortunately, you know, this, uh, right this now that's kind Monday. of how everybody is surviving. <laughs> Oh, this is on Monday for them. Uh, no, no. Oh. This, uh, yeah, huh. this is coming out Monday, so they're gonna miss that, um, which is unfortunate. But we can post about okay, it. Okay, because Bandcamp is Bandcamp is doing it. Oh, you're talking about the podcast is coming yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. You're saying. I'm sorry. Yeah. Totally misunderstood you. Um, well, cool. Uh, yeah, but you know, Bandcamp is great anyway because they do, you know, they 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 take care of the artists and and they offer high quality stuff. And, That's true. You know, it's it's a little bit more independent than say you know an itunes or a spotify i'll use a bad word there maybe well this podcast is on spotify watch my mouth so it's okay i know i know it's fine i get it i get it they don't pay me anything no. what's up with that i got this podcast on spotify. Well, they should spotify, they don't pay me anything <laughs> they why should. am i giving this for free no they should yeah, nobody pays for podcasts yeah, i don't know it's okay <laughs> It's just two dudes talking. Why would we pay for that? That's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But no, where I was going with the epitaph thing is cool they say enough. they're going to be giving up their share for the foreseeable future is what the post said. So um, if you, okay, if, I, there's, there's a lot of, uh, well, people that have been on this podcast and there's just a lot of artists on that label. I like, you know, coming from that world. Uh, so nice. Uh, I just thought it would be a nice plug awesome. for anybody who didn't know that. So anyway, Perfect. Yeah, dude. Uh, but that segues into how do you like to listen to music? I mean, we all stream stuff all the time, but when I want to actually like sit down and listen to something, I'm a vinyl guy. How about you? Yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, I got into the vinyl thing recently because I put out a record on vinyl, so it needed I needed an excuse to listen to it, so I, <laughs> I bought a turntable. Of course. <laughs> uh, but I'm not really much of a streaming guy, to be honest. Um I generally like I, if I do stream something, I'll just go buy it, mm-hmm. you know, like if I dig it. Right. Um, so I occasionally I will maybe check out a new thing or a tune or two on on Spotify or whatever. But then if I'm like, you know what, this album's great, I'm just going to buy it. So I'll I will, da- you know, I'll download stuff from iTunes or Bandcamp or uh, I'm trying to think the last time I purchased a physical CD. Um, I haven't been to a record store in a while. It was probably something from a show of somebody that I saw. Yeah. But yeah, I listen to, I still have an old school iPod oh. dude with, you know, it's like one of those 60 gig paperweights with the, the click and, the wheel uh, on it and all that stuff with the click wheel. Yeah. And it still works. Nice. So I throw all my, my files up on there and, um, I have a CD player here on my computer. So I'll use that. I think I still, I have one in my car too. I'm old school to, to an extent, you know, <laughs> I mean, not like crazy old school, but like, I, you know, um, I, I miss the days of like laying down on my bed with headphones and like reading liner notes, you know what yeah. I mean? Like that was, that was cool being 15 and doing that. Like that was really kind of a lost, 
it's been lost a little bit. I don't know. Maybe we can get back to that somehow, but who knows? That's kind of why I got into the vinyl. Uh, I was obviously too young to be through, you know, existing in the first phase of vinyl, but I like, right. Yeah. Me too. I like like that first, uh, that I like that big physical thing. I like, and I like being able Mm -hmm. to pull out and read the liner notes in a much bigger format than it. Cause maybe I'm getting old. My eyesight's going bad. Uh, I don't know. I just need that. But no, I just really like having that big thing and I like getting up and like putting the needle down on it. And like, it's fun. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't realize that I would be into it, but it's, it's, it's cool. It's a cool thing. It was really funny. I, uh, my mom lent me some of her old vinyls and one of them was this weather report record. Um, and I, was I put it on one night while I, we were, I think I was washing dishes or something and, and my wife was in the living room and the needle started skipping and it just kept playing this phrase over and over again. Cause you know, the record's 30, 40 years old or something. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I was like, Hey, is it, is it skipping? And she, and she goes, I mean, I guess, or that's just jazz. <laughs> I thought that was just great. I was like, I was like, oh, okay, I get it. You know, uh, turns out it was skipping. It wasn't just jazz. It, skipping or, it was, it was not it supposed to sound like that. Or is it jazz? That's a good, yeah. uh, that'd be a good um, t-shirt. I, I might do that. I'd have to pay her a royalty though. Well, so uh, I have to work out the percentage with my wife. Yeah, I feel like, I feel like she'd be down. She'd probably be into it. Yeah, I think so. It all goes into the same bank account. Exactly. The the <laughs> yeah. Well, right on, man. So this is a, we're nearing yeah. the close of the main part of the podcast before we hop over to the Patreon okay. section. But I got a couple classic questions okay. to, to wrap this up. But firstly, all right. uh, you already plugged the jam play, but I'll let you plug anything else that you have to plug or anything you want to get off your chest or whatever. Now's your opportunity <laughs> to do that. Cool. Well, I mean, you know, I'm, we're talking about getting music, you know, and listening to music. So if, if you, if you are into instrumental based guitar oriented music, uh, I've got five records out of that stuff. Um, if you just go to marklatiri.com, uh, there's links to everything. Um, you can buy it, you can stream it, you can order a CD and put your coffee mug on it for all I care, you know, whatever, whatever you want to do. I just want people to hear it, I guess. Um, so yeah, uh, if you're into like down tuned stuff, I have a record that's primarily baritone guitar based, uh, which is is pretty cool. I think at least, uh, but yeah, I put out an album last October called things of that nature, which is, um, something I'm really proud of. And, and, uh, it's music that I tour a lot with, with my trio or my quartet. Um, so that's cool. So yeah, I mean, if you, if you just go to my website, you'll see all kinds of stuff, video stuff, there's all kinds of gear information on there. Like I get a lot of questions, what pickups are in your garage? Well, it's right there on the website. Uh, you can, you can check that out. Um, and then I post tour dates on there. If you ever want to see me play either with my band or with snarky puppy or any other artists I work with, um, most of them, I, I, if it's like a, an artist gig where I'm like a sideman freelance guy, I don't usually put that on my, on my website. But, uh, if it's a band that I am sort of directly creatively involved in, then I'll put that on my website so you can come see gotcha. it. Gotcha. And, uh, but yeah, that's about it. You know? right, cool. And that link will be in there. And there's less. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's, you know, there's the jam play and sound slice and other stuff. So just go to the cool. website. <laughs> All right. The website will be in the show notes yeah. for people. So it'd be easier, easy to track down. Awesome. No problem. All right. Cool. Are we going getting mm-hmm. into the the last classic questions here? So, this one is okay. not not so hard. I'm t- coming to find out. I used to think this was going to be a difficult question for people, but most people have been on. Ah, I'll try not to blow All it. All right. Okay. What's your favorite boss pedal? Oh, great question. <laughs> well, I'll actually I'll 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 two things and then I'll tell a joke for you. Okay. Um, I think. It's not really a joke, but it's just sort of funny. I think the one boss pedal I keep coming back to is the CE2 Chorus. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's like an old school, and I, I bought it from my guitar teacher that I was taking lessons with in high school, and he's probably bummed that he sold it to me because <laughs> now they're like worth like $300 <laughs> or something. Uh, but that thing just sounds really cool. It's just it's just that old school boss chorus. Sound. Yeah, it sounds great. Um, 
I still have my very first DS one that uh, of two of my friends from high school bought for my graduation present. I was like, why did you guys do this? You know, <laughs> so uh, probably because they were so embarrassed to be seen with me with my previous overdrive pedal that they were just like, we should get them a boss DS one because this is just <laughs> It'll be a significant upgrade. Uh, <clears throat> significant upgrade. So I still have that. Um, but yeah, that CE two is really killer, man. Uh, but I have my friend's metal zone here at the house and we have this running joke. It's called the metal zone challenge. Okay. And we send each other clips of, of us playing music that you should not be using a metal zone for, <laughs> uh, you know, like, like jazz standards and things like that. Like, tr but like trying to get it to sound applicable to like that style. <laughs> Why so, is this not on the internet? You know, he'll send me a video. Uh, it, it probably will be some at some point. Uh, you know, he'll send me a video of him playing like bebop, but with like a, a the metal zone. Yes, I love that. <laughs> and uh, it sounds about as good as you might think it would sound, you know. That's fantastic. But that pedal gets a lot of crap. That pedal is actually pretty awesome. I definitely enjoyed rock and Metallica and Ozzy stuff on those things when I was younger. If you dial them in, that's the I might thing. do when we wrap dial them in right. Yeah, that's all you got to do. Exactly. Yeah, you don't just scoop the mids all the time. Like, well, I mean, I do. <laughs> so but that's mid range me. is okay, guy. <laughs> oh, you did. <laughs> right, for sure. Hey, do you? Hey, bro. I'm just a I'm just a bedroom nerd by myself. I don't need mids. I don't just get rid of them. Yeah, that, uh, right on, <laughs> right on. Oh boy. All right, here we go. Here's the last question of the podcast. This was this is the one that gets gets people in trouble. So we'll see how this goes. What kind of pizza do you like? Uh huh. Mm. Uh. Ooh. I'm kind of simple. I, I. You know, sauce, cheese, and maybe like a meat. Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't have to be like crazy. Um. Like I don't. You know, like all the different things that people put on pizza. Now I'm like, eh. You know, maybe a meat and maybe like one or two green things. Like uh, there's a there's a place here in town that does it's just like super thin crust cheese a little bit of olive oil uh like some italian sausage and some arugula mm. and that's just that great. sounds good like this simple mm -hmm. you know like that's how i like my pizza no pineapples Get oh thank you <laughs> all right all right you know yes that was cool if you're that's cool if you're seven <laughs> <laughs> but if you're an adult do not put pineapples on your freaking pizza yeah it, i'm coming to find out you know because that question is uh it's very you know it's it's a fun one but like the the according to like the facebook group and probably the amount of times i've asked that question i feel like it's about 50 50 mm -hmm. it really is i i well i don't know if that's funny accurate i not. don't really realize like i don't I don't know when it became like cool to hate it, but like, I kind of get it. Like, no, I know. That's the <laughs> you know, thing. I think it's, I think it's funny that we're all just like, Oh yeah, pineapple sucks. But it's like, yeah, it is kind of a weird thing that like, I don't, it's like I had a friend that used to put ranch dressing oh, on her pizza all the time. Oh. And I was just like, I don't get that. Like, I don't get it. But you know, I come from Italian heritage. So like a part of me wants to thumb my nose up at, you know, <laughs> non-traditional pizza flavors, but it's all in good fun. I don't care. You can put, put, you know, sand on your pizza if, if you like it. I don't care. There, there's yeah. a video I'm going to have to send you if I got to track it down. It's a, a, a guy going around in Italy, uh, giving Italians, uh -huh. they like, they order a pizza and this guy shows up and it's an, it's a Hawaiian pizza and they're just, they just freak out. It, it's it's really funny. They 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 are not impressed with his pizza that they brought. He's like, no, they like right. swat it out of his hand. This is it's great, amazing. But yeah, all right, man. Well, thank you so much for coming yeah. on. This was a this was a lot of fun. We'll hop on over to yeah, my pleasure. To Patreon. Yeah, it was, it was fun talking with you, man. All right. all right. All right, everybody. For Mark, this is Blake. And as always, folks, good luck and good tones. That's cool if you're seven. All right. We did it. That was a fun one. That was a really fun chat with Mark. And guess what? There's more. So if you head over to ToneMob.com slash Patreon, we talked for another half hour. So another half hour of content right to your ears. We got into some pretty fun stuff some crazy stories, some things that he experienced, and it was a, a lot of fun. And that helps support the show and literally helps keep the lights on around here. It's actually quite literally pays my electric bill. 
that's what it's doing right now. The Patreon folks are paying my electric bill, and yeah, without electricity, this thing doesn't work very well. So their support means the world, and if you could possibly be one of them, that would be awesome. You go to patreon.com slash tonemob, and you will find it. And it's just five bucks a month to get those extra episodes. So big thanks to all the Patreon subscribers. Big thanks to you for listening. And if you could share this with a friend. If you don't have the scratch to be a patron, I totally get it. But sharing this with a friend is very, very important. It helps grow the show, and that is what helps everything. We need need those sweet, sweet downloads. So uh, if we could get more downloads, that would be amazing. So thank you so much for all the support over the years. We're going to try to keep this thing going through these crazy times. I mean, what's better than podcasts to help pass these weird days that we have? I don't know. Crazy stuff, but... With your help, we can keep this thing going. So thank you so much for listening to this point, and I will talk to you all next week. One last thing before we totally sign off here. I just want to remind you that if you do any shopping at Stringjoy, that's Stringjoy Guitar Strings made in Nashville, that will help me out as well. As I've said for years, I'm heavily involved in that company, and I really do think they're making the best products on the market. So if you would like to try custom strings, Go to ToneMob.com slash StringJoy and check them out today. I seriously, seriously, seriously love what the team down there is doing. I help them out with all kinds of things. And by you supporting them, you are also supporting me as well. And hey, you need some strings, so why not get some custom strings just for your guitar and playing style? Again, the link for that is ToneMob.com slash StringJoy and that will take you right to their website, and you can do all your shopping through there, and that will help everyone involved out. So thank you very much. Talk to you next time. We are brought to you by the wonderful folks at Gun Street Wiring Shop. Yes, Gun Street Wiring Shop. I've talked about them before. I used to say based out of Bend, Oregon, but guess what? Sean moved to my neck of the woods. Sean's in Portland. Sean is awesome and has helped me with a bunch of stuff lately. And if you have wiring needs for your guitar, he can help you too. If you want to get weird with it, he can get weird. If you just need to spruce things up a little bit, there's your guy. He takes all the guesswork out of doing your guitar wiring, and he makes it simple, and his customer service is top-notch, and I can't say enough good things about Gunstory as a company. I really respect Sean and what he's all about, and the product is top-notch. I've got three different guitars that now have Gun Street harnesses in them, and I could not be happier. So go to GunStreetWiringShop.com and check them out.